The views and opinions expressed by the producers, hosts, and guests of Flash Black Radio do not necessarily represent the views and opinions of Flash Black or its parent company. Listener discretion is advised. What's up, people? This is shit you might have missed on Flash Black Radio. This is uh, Labor Day 2017, whatever date that is. September 4th. September 4th. Yeah. (laughs) This is T Rich bringing in the show. Indeed. This is K Savage calling in. Indeed. I am Lee Bennett III, aka Da Vinci Parks. Sir Slim of House Heather is not joining us today, Um, but we. We send him our prayers, hopes and dreams. <laughs> <laughs> Lee, why don't you tell the lovely people where they can find us? Yes, ladies and gentlemen, uh, if you are looking to find Flash Black Radio, you can find us in a number of locations. First and foremost, you can find us on the website at www.flashblackradio.com. You can also find us on the Facebook group and Facebook page, both Flash Black Radio. You can find us on Twitter at Flashback Radio and at Flashback News. And you can find us in a number of listening places like SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, uh, TuneIn, Google Play, the podcast app on your iPhone, all those good places. And um, yeah, again, you can also check it out on the website. Speaking of which, we want to give a shout out for the people from last month who tuned in. Uh, big shout out to Brazil. Because Brazil was doing it big. Uh, we had Colabra Brazil, Sao Paulo Brazil, a lot of people checking in. Singapore was on the map, uh, United Kingdom, Canada, New Zealand. So we want to thank all our listeners abroad and, of course, the people here in the USA. Thank you so much for listening. And um, number one listener. Huh? Brazil loves us. Indeed. Yeah, we had a lot of listeners from Brazil. So we're, we are super thankful for that. And um, the number one listener for last month was Zhao Han Shi. So uh, we want to say shout out to Zhao. Appreciate it. You get the tequila air horn. That's what's up. So yeah, yeah. As uh, Christy or Kay Savage said last week, um, those of you who are listening abroad, please let us know. Check in with us on the Facebook group or through Twitter or through Facebook. I said that already, but but check in and let us know why you why you're tuning in and whatever. And like you know, let us know a little bit about you or whatever. And again, we thank you for listening. So. Thank you. Thank you so much. That was so loud. That it was meant to be loud. I want the people to know what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> there's always like some sort of um effects noise. There's always some sort of a mood altering substances. It's usually pretty aromatic over here. Being <laughs> imbibed when we're on the line. As my dad once told me, I smoked my drink. That's what's up. (laughs) (laughs) Well, all right. So, T. Rich, you want to lead off? Yeah, this week in Problematic People, the police, all (laughs) y'all. Because apparently you can get fired for saying we only kill black people, but not for actually killing black people. Say it again. You can get fired for saying we only kill black people. 
you can't get fired for killing black people. So this is, um, I think it was from last year, this story. Did you see this? This police officer that pulled this um, Caucasian driver over and she was really nervous she's afraid yeah and he she, he was like you know you pick up your phone she's like i'm really scared because i've seen all these videos where the police are like killing people and he was like yo ma'am calm down you're white we only kill black people he saw that right you only see black people get killed on these videos you're good so this uh lovely gentleman uh tried to resign or retire sorry so he could Get that pension. Get that paper. Yeah, that's what it's all about. But apparently it looks like, you know, I'm kind of confused. Like, I've seen a little back and forth about whether or not he was fired or he resigned. I mean, he retired. I'm not exactly sure where he was with getting the paperwork process for the retirement, but fuck you all the same. The other problematic-ass person. You have something to say, Christy? Yes, I wanted to piggyback on that. So uh, what popped up on my, because I check in every now and then, got to say, informed in the news too much um what popped up on my facebook feed was the president of the fraternal order of police saying in philly, that, right? uh yeah in philly my hometown that um black lives matter is a terrorist group that they are animals and that he had no problem with the nazi tattoo of uh the philadelphia officer who was not only spotted with Nazi tattoos, but I believe he was also affiliated with actual Nazi group. So, yeah. <clears throat> well, I mean, it's definitely a thing, and it's something that actually ties into something we discussed, I want to say last year, uh, when we first started doing shit you might have missed, and that is that there have been clear ties through other investigations, be it federal or local level, where uh, officers... And federal agents throughout the government and local police municipalities have been discovered to have ties to white supremacists, KKK and other like movements. Um, and this has been an initiative that's been in place for decades. Like this has been a thing to infiltrate at every level. Um, and we, we're, we're seeing the fruit of it now because it's at the highest level is at the presidential level where we had, you know, chief of staff who was white supremacist running the white house along with of course one donald trump so this is not surprising i mean it, but it's it's just interesting that this is all bearing itself out it seems like it'll be counterintuitive to let that happen but you know hashtag america hashtag america um i i guess something else to throw out there while we're throwing out the fuckery of the police uh we can also just note that one sheriff david clark bye <laughs> has resigned Hit from his position. Road, Jack. Now, I had heard that he was mulling over the decision to resign a couple of months back, I think. It might not have even been that long, but I believe that he believes that he has some type of end to some type of administrative level with the Trump administration, which is why he's trying to transition, which probably I mean, would totally a, make sense. He's a horrible person, so he would fit right in with that administration. Indeed, indeed. He had he had a lot of he had a lot of issues also in his jail. Um not as many I don't think as Arpaio, who was just pardoned by Trump. But uh he had a lot of stuff going on. He had a, a man was uh dehydrated to death basically in his jail cell um not too long ago. Uh, well, they literally forgot about this man for like 48 hours. And in the process, uh, he was dehydrated to death um, on his watch. So, 
yeah, there's a lot going on with that. So, so yeah, man, a, a lot going on. So, um, full admission on my part, and I don't know if I can say this for the ladies, but um, I have been kind of disconnected this week, and it's been intentional. I was on vacation. I've been disconnected for a couple of weeks. Yeah, I, well, I've been paying attention because I've been posting stuff to the website and to you know, mm-hmm. you know, I've, I've been paying attention, but mm-hmm. I haven't been as active outside of you know milling for information to share and to disperse and disseminate that I think is important for all people. Um, the DACA thing is something I think that we can discuss though. Yeah, I so I get Washington Post alerts on my on my um, computer, so I see the headlines, but. Yeah, just for my own sanity and mental health, because mental health is important. Very. Um, I just I have to I had to take a little break from the foolishness and fuckery of uh, what you eating? <laughs> what you eating? It's like an edible, honey. What an edible dick. <laughs> <laughs> like, what's going on? Um, speaking of dicks. The other so problem. <laughs> I'm gonna get back to that. Okay, right. um, I want to finish wow. my other problematic person though before I forget. Okay, all right. And it's um, L'Oreal, who decided to oh. uh, they cut transgender model Monroe Bergdorf, who was the first transgender model to be hired by L'Oreal. Because I'm gonna read her whole statement. It's really long, but I think it's really good. She said, honestly. I don't have energy to talk about the racial violence of white people anymore. Yes, all white people. Because most of y'all don't even realize or refuse to acknowledge that your existence, privilege, and success as a race is built on the backs, blood, and death of people of color. Your entire existence is drenched in racism. From microaggressions to terrorism, you guys built the blueprint for this shit. Come see me when you realize that racism isn't learned, it's inherited, and consciously or unconsciously passed down through privilege. Once white people begin to admit that their race is the most violent and oppressive force of nature on earth, then we can talk. Until then, stay acting shocked about how the world continues to stay fucked at the hands of your ancestors and your heads that remain buried in the sand with hands over your ears. So that was her full statement. That was a pretty good statement. I will I will just say that I believe that racism is learned, but please It was, and that's why I read the whole statement. Yeah, yeah. Um, and what was pulled out of that was... All white people are racist. <laughs> so from there, then L'Oreal decided to um, drop her, drop her contract as a model um, based on this idea that she said all white people are racist. And I think what she said was very valid and she had some really good points. Mm-hmm. So that's why um, you are on the list of problematic ass people this week, L'Oreal. And sis did not back down. Which I love. She's not supposed to. I mean, and that that would be on some like Kanye West, George Bush does not care about black people, and then have an interview with Matt Lauer years later and apologize, like, you know. Oh, Kanye. So you know, hashtag boycott L'Oreal, even though I don't buy that shit. Hmm. I mean, just saying things that people, you know, some people can't deal with certain truths. Well, I, I just I, I feel like. In the in the news cycles that have been going through the media, that because I will say, hmm, over the last at least five years, a lot of the the the, the news media cycles have been a lot more heavily steeped and entrenched 
in a lot of racially dividing uh, issues and topics that go beyond just like the the mundane of there's a black suspect that you know is you know on we're look be on the lookout for a black suspect for committing some robbery that you know those type of things that you see on the news we're seeing stuff like children being shot you know by by grown people of another color and there's a justification for it as to like you know whether it's the music um, was too loud. Or music was too loud. We thought or, he had a gun. We thought he was older. Uh, well, Tamir Rice. No, I, yeah, I, with Tamir Rice. I can't even. Um, with Trayvon White, for in particular, um, there was Geraldo who was on Fox News saying, "I mean, why did he have on a hood?" As as if that's a justification. That's the same line of thinking from women who get uh, raped. Is why did she have on such a short mm-hmm. dress? Is and this is, I guess, speaking towards where I was going with this this whole comment in the first place, and that is. Um, this line of thinking over the last five years in particular, and I'm not saying it hasn't been there before, but it's been so on front street with the news media. It shows why the news media in itself is a problem. And that is they want to so badly like boil down a complex and nuanced issue and make it so just black and white, and it ain't. And when you try to like take somebody's narrative and then recraft it for your own and then shape it, and then you basically take somebody's like their truth, their, their what what they know, what they experience. Colin Kaepernick is no different. You know, Colin Kaepernick has specifically said that his kneeling has nothing to do with the veterans or you know patriotism. It has nothing to do with that. It has everything to do with the fact that black people are disenfranchised at every level, and the way we are treated, the way we uh, we do not get equal justice and protections under the law, although we're supposed to get that. That's what he's kneeling for. And at the same time, they turn right back around and say that he's disrespecting the warriors. And it's just, you know, so. So then the Cleveland police said, we are protesting this protest by not participating in the national anthem by holding the flags or whatever the fuck they do. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> no, and that's the perfect. That's the you know, being black. That is the perfect response you know that I have. Of, you know, a lot for of all the, of this, the, like the huh? Cleveland Brown football players are well, not a lot of them, but a number. Of a them number of them. Been it's kneeling. been more than one, right? A number of them uh, have been kneeling during the national anthem, and so the Cleveland Police Department said they're protesting this protest by not bringing out the flags during the national anthem or. Some shit. They're protesting the national anthem by protesting the kneeling by the players of the national anthem that they think is wrong. But they don't see anything wrong with their protest. Huh? Yep. Don't make no sense. I don't even know like how to fully explain it because when I read it, I had that same reaction like, what? You want me to explain it for you? And I read it several times and I was like, this is just dumb shit though. You want me to explain it for you? Go ahead. We not going to be props these black men's uh, show. So we're going to sit off the side. Because if we prop in this black man's show, you know what I'm saying, then, like, it just keeps putting attention on the show. And the show is about fear of white men of being replaced because somehow or another, even though Europe is the only place that white people come from, they have just now figured out that, oh my God, most of the world is white. It's not white. You know what I'm saying? Most, Most of the world, of the world is brown. brown. Most of the world is brown and 
has been colonized by you and we over it. We brown, we yellow, we red, we beautiful. We don't give a fuck about y'all. You know what I'm saying? We don't need y'all for beauty standards. The internet has us all getting together. You know what I'm saying? Indigenous people around the world and United, you know what I'm saying? Like the days of us as brown people and non-white people looking to white people for validation and beauty standards and respectability and morality like standards, all of that is over. It's the last bastion right here. This this Trump administration is like the last like waning breast of that shit. I mean, and it's and it's not on some like <laughs> I don't even know even how to articulate it or whatever, because it's it's just like, you know, at the end of the day, man, like people just want to be. You know what I mean? And it's not it's not even necessary for people uh who are who are of European descent. But uh, also, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I'm saying I'm, I'm, I was just gonna say it very quick. It's not. It's not necessary uh, to constantly try to find ways to manipulate and and put people in negative positions, man. Because honestly, at the end of the day, most of the people who have been historically downtrodden in this country, particularly and across the world, honestly, are not looking for get back and revenge. Although it kind of makes sense if you've been taken advantage of for centuries. For that to happen, but honestly, yo, most people just want to just be human beings. They and just I want live. to provide. Yeah, we just want to provide for our families and be able to like prosper and progress unimpeded. That's a very simple human aspect, and I think that's something that other people just don't like. People just the idea of having control of something that you never really had control of. You you had the illusion of control. Like none of us really have the control in in this life. There's too many unknown variables and things that can happen to us at any given time. Mm-hmm. Harvey is a perfect example of that. You know what I mean? Like, you know, people had control and, you know, and, and, and then water came down out of the sky for like a really long period of time and changed the entire dynamic <laughs> of what was going on. And this is like civilized, quote unquote, first world country. And there are thousands of people who are displaced and people who die, you know, and this oh, happens across the world. Huh? There's a million people right now that are home. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm just saying. I'm just talking about initially. Yeah. So I mean, I know the council. I mean, but it's also not just in in Houston. There's also floods right now in Africa, sh- all was over it the Nigeria, world. Nigeria, Sri Lanka, yeah. India. Yeah, yeah. They have mudslides Sierra like in, or in in California. They have mudslides in India. This shit happens everywhere. And then like the idea that we're not connected as human beings and all this is the part for me that's frustrating. Again, one of the reasons why. We do this here because at the end of the day, we all have the same needs, yo. It really comes down to it. It's just like at the end of the day, it's just like the the bullshit that has been like pushed and 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 prompted for so many years is just people ain't gonna go for it anymore, man. You might think you can try to reset this whole thing again with another Jim Crow type situation. It's not gonna go down the way you think it's gonna go down. It's not. Now, there's been a few videos of like white men, you know, like walking up on black folks like, oh hey nigga and catching them paws. It's been videos it's been dude, like there were videos of Charlottesville, a lot of the people who was getting their ass whooped was white people by other white people. It was like, yo, like you are making us all look bad. (laughs) Like real talk. There were black people out there. Let's not get it twisted. But there were a lot of white people out there who were tearing down Confederate statues. Like, yo, this is some bullshit. 
You know what I'm saying? And it's like, like the, the generation is different. There are a lot of generations. Huh? Go ahead. Chrissy, go ahead. I, I don't know what white women are doing on Tinder, but I know that on OKCupid okay, and Tinder, white men got in their profile, did not vote for Trump. Mm. It's real out here. Real out here. Yeah. And I mean, and that's really, it's really getting down to the nuts and bolts of it, man. Because at the end of the day, you can you can talk about make America great again, but and and, and I, I'm surprised we never. I mean, we've talked about it in so many different ways, but we I guess we never really gone directly at MAGA. But I mean, if you think about it, like there there have been two ideals that have been promoted since this country's inception, since before its inception, the idea of United States or whatever, and then we're all together and all men are created equal, and then there's that that shit behind the curtain, like yeah, don't look behind the curtain. That Wizard of Oz shit. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, we like, yeah, we don't need to look at the smoke and mirrors behind the curtain. Just look at the floating head. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yo, this is the wonderful Wiz and this, this is what we do. But nah, if you, for those who have seen the Wizard of Oz, you know what the hell I'm talking about. <laughs> but, um, yo, it's, it's one of those things like once you look beyond the curtain or whatever, it's like, yeah, this does not line up. And at the end of the day, it's just like too many people have literally fought and died and bled for like, freedoms that you take for granted whatever we do not and to to think that you're going to be able to like turn around and try to reverse some shit and go back to some some long gone piece of american history that didn't quite work even then did not um it, it's gonna be it's gonna be unfortunate for you <laughs> it's gonna be unfortunate for you because you like at the end of the day you get to see how committed people so were that's there for what at the end of the day yeah. Oh, uh, this is my new thing now. Then, <laughs> Apparently, I counted four. I apologize, man. Because I was just no, man. I'm just thinking. It's just like I know at the end of the day, no, no, there is a lot going on. But if you look at it, there are people who will put on Front Street because they want to talk all big and bad because they think they have this audience. You know, now that this whole Trump thing is born itself out and. You know, you have all these people who are now pro-Trump and they're more Trump now than they were before and all that good stuff. And people are doing these rallies and planning these rallies. And then the consequences start coming back. Like now that you're out there and you've made these racist statements and people want to fire you from your job. Oh, it's just I wasn't. And and this is where your commitment level comes in, because a lot of people really ain't about that life. They just, you know. I mean, well, it's good to spout these things when there are no consequences Mm -hmm. directly to you. So it's okay to say like, oh, you know, fuck all the niggers until your face is plastered on Facebook. And then your boss says like, we can't have you here. You lose your job. Then it's just like, oh, you know, uh, uh, white tears. I didn't mean that. It's not that. No. And it's okay to say like, you know. I support Trump and the Republicans and fuck climate change until you're riding around in a boat trying to, like, rescue people. It's okay to say I support Trump and his reduction of the government when you're able to stand on solid ground and you don't have to worry about if the FEMA budget is going to be reduced because you don't need that FEMA payout. So, like, things are okay to say. In some people's minds, things are okay to say in this box. But all of this rhetoric has consequences. You know, his 
reduction of FEMA, his promoting the, I think like the head scientist at the USDA who is actually not a scientist. He has like a PhD in hospital administration or some shit. At least he has a PhD. At least. So, I mean, I guess that's something to be said for this administration. But I mean, for this administration, yeah, yeah, for this administration, kind of is. I mean, the bar is very low. Like, no Tillerson has no fucking experience to be like the head diplomat of the country. Yes, he He, does. He he, no, he made he made a deal with Exxon and Russia. No, 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 no. Let me stop you. Let me stop you right there. Yes, he does. I don't like Rex Tillerson at all. I would not have chosen him. But the reality is this: Exxon is a fucking sovereign corporation that operates in nations all around the world. He deals with heads of state on a very real level, on a level that we don't actually want to think about because, you know what I'm saying, mineral extraction is all about corruption and, you know, exploitation and real blood is shed over that, you know what I'm saying? But the reality is Rex Tillerson has spent, you know what I'm saying, the last 40 years working for a sovereign company that operates in many ways with more impunity than actual sovereign nations. So he is totally, totally qualified because he has negotiated with countries all day for his job. Like that, that is what he did as CEO of example. Okay. So I'm, I'm not, wait, that, okay. No, no, that, that right there, those are, what you're saying is, does he have the experience to negotiate and talk with other foreign leaders? That's one thing. But to talk and for the sake of diplomacy, in terms of going to another nation and saying, hey, you have these people over here and we need to get these people back. What can we do to come to the table? He don't have the qualifications for that. And on top of that, if he had the qualifications for that, then it's very suspect to know that like in the first like months of this, uh, this administration, that Jared Kushner, who clearly has no diplomatic experience, has gone over to a lot of these countries instead of Rex Tillerson. So um, Rex Tillerson might disagree with uh, John, Donald Trump on things, whatever, but he's still dancing to Donald Trump's tune, and he does not actually set any like tone or or shake any trees in terms of policy. So I get what you're saying in terms of his business acumen. I'm not doubting that. I get that he's 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 made his bones in that regard. So I understand. And international company Exxon, they've made a lot of shady deals. Most fuel companies or fossil fuel companies have done that. But I'm saying as far as being a diplomat in terms of coming out and taking things and turning them into like a shit into sunshine type of deal, I'm not convinced that Rex Tillerson is that dude. Because that's not the way he's had to work. He's had to work for in the sense of trying to make profit, excuse me, for for his uh, for his for his bottom line. That's not the same thing as as working. Well, I mean, well, he's not working to come good like money. You don't have to work to come good to make money. But you got to work for Kamala Good to go to North Korea or whatever and sit down with Kim Jong-il. No, and he's not that guy. No, but you use the same skill set. And the reality is, you know what I'm saying, he represents the president. He represents the government, you know what I'm saying, that is this administration. And so, you know, we don't actually know how humanitarian Rex Tillerson could be because it ain't nothing humanitarian about Donald Trump or this administration or the policies that they're pushing. So, I mean... I feel like we can't actually say what he could do in, you know, a better atmosphere because he don't have one. Okay. 
I will respectfully. <laughs> I mean, I, that that's a fair statement. But at the end of the day, if he's Secretary of of State, why why has he not staffed his State Department yet? There are a lot. I mean, come on. Again, like a lot of people, they also keep leaving. Yeah, and there's also Uh-oh. and there's also that which is very telling. But at the end of the day. You know, the people, like, like even the ones that haven't left, there are departments that just have not been staffed because when a new administration comes in, you're supposed to staff your that department to actually back the mission of whatever you're trying to do. And it has not been done. So, I mean, it, and that, that most it of It hasn't been done, but I think the thing that, like, you know, the thing that we don't talk about is that, like, who wants to work for him? Where are the applications coming in? And and the reality is, you know what I'm saying, the kind of qualifications that you need to work for State Department, like those tend to come from people who have liberal do-gooder values. Not a lot of conservative people go into international, you know what I'm saying, relations. Not a lot of conservatives really want to work for State. How many people have worked for like Paul you really Ryan have to though? Have any qualifications to work for this yeah, yeah. administration? Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, look I, think I mean, if you can like chew gum and walk. And wipe and that your trip. own ass. Yeah, yeah. You probably qualify. Well, I mean, you probably don't even have to wipe your own ass. You can just let somebody else wipe it for you because that's accountability. You have to actually be accountable to wipe your own ass. So I mean, yes, I I don't know because I don't work for state, but I would imagine that like there there might be some language requirements. There might be like some basic things for a lot of these more advanced positions that like a lot of conservative people. I think we would not be surprised to find that like they don't go into those fields. I don't want to sound dismissive because I think you make a very uh, a very good point with regard to actually finding people. But I feel like any administration or dictatorship or tyranny, there are always people willing to line up to be on the side of whatever the side they feel is winning and whatever side aligns to their mm-hmm. their their. You know, like you know, when you watch a movie or you watch the news of tyrants over the years, because we have enough video clips of it. We have clips going back to like World War II Germany. Um, there were plenty of people to sign up for fucking Hitler. I don't know what the qualification levels were, but they had geniuses working for his his uh his weapons development and all that stuff. So they're they're I'm pretty sure they can find people. Um, but like Paul Ryan had a whole bunch of people in that picture he had of like you know future people who are going to be on the hill and making changes and all that stuff, whatever. A lot of white faces, but you know a lot of people want to get in on that on that on that ship. Um, so I think there are people that they can get there. It just it hasn't been done. And this is an attention to detail type of thing. I don't really think Rex Tillerson is actually the type of dude that even wanted to be Secretary of State. Supposedly, his you know his his wife had a vision, or he had a vision that he was supposed to like you know this is from God he's supposed to do this or something like that, or God told him he's supposed to do it. God always telling Republicans something. Yeah, a lot of things. Um, only talks to them. I think apparently. a lot of corporate CEOs were in the running, and he George Straw, and so he had to say yeah. He didn't so have to say There's yes. a lot of people. Well, you're right. He didn't have to say yes, but I think that there's a lot of people who are working with this government at this point that have no faith in its actual leader, but they do realize that this is a country. You know what I'm saying? It needs to keep running. And I think that there are a lot of people who, you know, don't find him as repugnant as maybe we think they should. And so, like, they're just holding their nose in the same way other people are. Um, Rex Tillerson ain't giving glowing reviews of Donald Trump. Not lately. I'm not, and, and 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 I'm not defending him. I'm just saying that, like, we can't put words in his mouth. We don't have to like him, but we do have to realize that he's a reflection of this administration. Which, by the way, instructed Nikki Haley, you know what I'm saying, to vote no. So we were only one of three countries that voted no uh, to uh, what was it, condemn not uh, the Paris Accord. You know what I'm saying, oh, in the sorry. UN. 
No, in the UN. So it's like, you know, like that, that was this week. I, you know, I didn't, it's been a lot of stuff that like I scroll through and read the headline on Twitter, but I don't mm-hmm. actually click the article. So, you know, we're one of three countries that decided not to, to uh, condemn Nazism. And, you know, like. Can you shoot me that link, by the way? Hmm? Can you shoot me that link? I will. Thank you. And, and you know, like, you know, the administration ordered a, a woman of color to cast that no vote. And so, you know, we don't actually know what Nikki Haley feels about Nazis, you know what I'm saying? Because she went to the UN and decided, you know, no, we, we're not going to condemn Nazis. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I feel like, yes, you know what I'm saying? Do I think that Nikki Haley is questionable? Absolutely. Do I think that she's even more questionable because she chooses to work for this administration? Definitely. I think that, you know, the article has already been written by a conservative pundit that said, basically, you know what I'm saying? If you work for this administration from, I think this was like about at the hundred day mark going forward, like you are stuck with that tank for the rest of your life. You know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? And like, you know, people will forever know that you were really more interested in personal power than you were any kind of ethical um, you know, stance or anything like that because it's too repugnant. At the same time, this is a big fucking country. It's a fucking system. And our system cannot collapse because we don't like our leader. And so while I think that people who choose to work for this administration in high-level jobs uh, and appointments are definitely questionable, I think that there's a lot of people, you know what I'm saying, who just this happened to be the job they had because they work for the government. And they shouldn't be forced to resign their jobs. You know what I'm saying? They should be allowed to continue their jobs and not necessarily have their ethics questioned. Because the reality is there's a lot of things going on. First of all, people got to eat. People got mortgages to pay. People got kids in the college. There's that. And then the other reality is people believe in the United States government. You know what I'm saying? There's a mm-hmm. lot of people who believe in it. And I think that Department of State is very different from maybe the Department of Interior. Because as the Department of State, you are the face of this country in other countries. And that is a completely different set of worms from being a cog in a wheel for the Department of the Interior. Because if you work for the State Department, you know what I'm saying, you could easily find yourself, you know what I'm saying, in the middle of some riots because, you know, Cinnamon Hitler decided he was going to say something crazy out of his mouth. Now the people in the country that you at lose their minds. That's a risk of personal safety. People uproot their they families for this. You know what I'm saying? Those positions that they take are not short-term postings. They're like a year or two, if not more. And, you know what I'm saying, you're expected to bring your family. I think that choosing to work for the State Department is a whole different thing from choosing to work in the White House or choosing to, you know what I'm saying, apply for a job for FEMA at this point. Because there's a whole different level of risk associated. Okay. So, um, I think that was very eloquently put. I just want to make sure that we draw a few clear delineations. And that is, one, I'm not speaking towards the people that are already working for State um, not, no, but, but but you're talking about people not, you know, like we're talking about why aren't they hiring people? You know what I'm saying? Well, the reality is, do you want to work whether you if, if you don't actually support Trump policies, do you want to work for somebody overseas who might say something out his mouth that puts your personal you and your family's personal health and safety at great risk? Because he says dumb shit on Twitter all the time. He says dumb shit on Twitter. I mean, at the, at the he end. He says dumb shit out his mouth. Yeah. And, and there's. You know, and, and when you work for the State Department, you're basically, I know I'm cutting you off, but you're basically a greeter at Walmart. Again, what you what you said is, is very well put. I'm just speaking to the fact that at the end of the day, 
<laughs> this five. <laughs> there is a task that's that, that's set before you, and that is you're supposed to full, make sure that the government and whatever uh, administration you're you're heading up is supposed to be fully staffed and operational. These are you just basic work? functions. Have you applied for a job of state? I have no interest to apply for state. I've never, you know, I, I tried to apply for state years ago, and that didn't pan out. And I haven't applied since. I, I have no a desire. couple years ago. Yeah, I'm so yeah. glad they did not select me. Yeah, yeah. I no mean, it, it has it has nothing to to do with what I want to do personally. Don't want duty. Huh? Don't want to do your civic duty. Hey, I'm all first for of all. Jury first duty. of all, I know people that work at state. So, you know what I mean? It's, it, there are a lot of people that work right here in DC that work for state and never go abroad. So it's the, is there are a lot of things you could do for state. It's just not something that I personally at this point in my life I'm looking to do. And that's not any shade to people who work for state because I know a lot of them do great jobs. So um, I'm just saying... Shout out to the government for refusing my application. <laughs> I'm just saying that I, I believe that um, there are things that are supposed to happen with regard to when you are brought on to administer or be the head administrator of a particular post. And Rex Tillerson is not the only one who's not done that. Um, I have no idea what Ben Carson is doing over at Housing and Urban Development. Neither um, does Ben Carson. That is very true. Uh, Bessie DeVos, I don't know what she's doing because they stay out of the news. Um, Bessie DeVos makes a couple of headlines. Um, they're not as as like high profile as like obviously the Trump headlines, but and that's my there's design. things that pop up on my Washington Post feed from Betsy DeVos, and she's still problematic as fuck. Yeah. I don't recall uh-huh. any of them right off the top of my head, but every time I read them, I'm like, this bitch is still fucking up shit. I think she just promoted someone who's like, like the head of some for profit college or. I mean, I'm sorry, I'm giving half information because I really just have not been able to for the last few weeks with this administration i just been skipping about watching netflix i'm not mad at that eating pretty much dark chocolate covered goji berries <laughs> i'm not mad at that i mean watching this- insecure lauren still ain't shit watching power tyreek still ain't shit um so i, I will i will say this Sorry. i just i mean i mentioned the goji berries so i had to eat some right True. Um, I, I just want to throw out there, I guess there's something that, that is of note, and that is um, Donald Trump has said that he, within six months, and you, you alluded to this earlier, is going to pull protections away from the DREAMer Act, basically. So children who are brought here with their guardians as illegal immigrants who obviously have nowhere else to go because their guardians brought them. Um, and have grown up here, by and large, in this country, mm-hmm. um, as part of the American dream, are being told that they're going to be disenfranchised from said American dream after protections were put in place by the previous administration uh, to uh, continue to uphold said American dream. So um, Donald Trump has said that within six months, he is going to strip the uh, Dreamer Act. Now, there is something of, that of note that is going to make people on the Trump side a little upset, and that is... He said that he's leaving a doorway open for Congress to make some to- some type of fix. Well, that's kind what I was about to say. Which is kind of interesting because he, he hasn't really done that, really. He's, he's been well, pretty... Go ahead, go ahead. This, so this is all wordplay. This is all wordplay and hype. This is him 
being able to look like he is fulfilling a campaign promise, mm-hmm. forcing Congress into a corner to not actually have this go through. And the reality is because we got, you know what I'm saying, Houston is basically a lake and it needs mm-hmm. to be rebuilt. Um, the reality is uh, DACA, you know what I'm saying, that, that that may actually come to an end because of what the president does, but Congress is going to be forced mm-hmm. to act in a way that, you know what I'm saying, he's not going to really rumble and rumble too much against because the reality is they just said that we don't have enough illegal uh, labor to rebuild Houston. Hmm. Let's not talk about the hurricane that's fitting to come up here Child. and hit us. Let's not talk about the fact that hurricane season go until October. It's been a pretty busy, you know what I'm saying, beginning of the season. So, you know, like this could be a bad year for hurricanes. And Actually, it goes to November, and they said it was going to be one of the worst hurricane seasons um, in a while. And so right, far. so we we about to be in rebuild mode, you know what I'm saying? And we need all the illegal people to get. So, I mean, the reality is this economy does not work without illegal labor. It just doesn't. It doesn't also, work without illegal labor. Just as a note, shout out to Mexico who said they would send help to uh, help evacuate and rebuild Houston as necessary, but of course they're not going to pay anything for rebuilding for building a wall. Shout out to Canada that was going to send supplies, but I think it was the governor of Texas, might have been the mayor of Houston, who says, "You can keep your supplies and send your prayers." <laughs> was he related to Joe Osteen? You know, <laughs> Joe Osteen just wants your money because that nigga was passing around a collection plate. I thought he's been problematic for a very long time, well, but people who are gospel, yeah, people who have like hundreds of thousands of people in there, in there, literally hundreds of thousands, I would say safely, that would be accurate. He's worth this- fifty million dollars for a reason, right? Yeah. Well, now see, Joel Osteen got mentioned in one of my classes this week, and uh, we had two lawyers in class. One who was like, "Well, if I was his general counsel, I probably would advise him." Did not not say to anything. open the doors, not to open the doors because this is a liability issue. Another lawyer piped up and said, "Yeah, I'm a lawyer. I understand liability and all of that. You know what I'm saying? But what is your mission?" He was like, "Cause in my church, and this is a mega church. You know what I'm saying? She wanted us to know we none of our membership will go for that. She was like, some of them may have something to say about it. She was like, but at the end of the day, the majority of the people would totally be up in arms about this, and we will open our doors. And so." I just feel like, you know what I'm saying, like, don't, that, 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 that religious shit goes both ways, you know what I'm saying? There are many, many people who are all about their prosperity, and you know what I'm saying, if we can really, you know, say what it was, Joel Osteen didn't want niggas and poor white people, you know what I'm saying, in his church, because when they say they worried about damage, what they saying is they worry about people looting our sanctuary. You're gonna come in here and fuck our shit up. And what makes that, what makes that even extra bad to me is that, you know what I'm saying, for a motherfucker who always, you know what I'm saying, got his hand out, is always interested in collecting some money. The easiest way to get some money is to let them in, you know what I'm saying, and pretend they did more damage than they actually did so that you can, you know what I'm saying, make a public plea, you know what I'm saying, some more, for some more financial assistance so you can rebuild after the rebuild. You know what I'm saying? I, I just, not even that. He, he just, just stuck to a consistent ass lie. 
Yeah, even that, he could have just stuck with the idea of like, okay, all these people are here. We need to make sure that these people are taken care of. No, that ain't never been his. That ain't never. No, he wasn't ever gonna go with that. I'm just saying, but (laughs) what I'm saying, once they're there, is what he could have. He could have. He could have switched that messaging. Like he could have. Jesus is not the Jesus of the hungry and the poor. His Jesus is the Jesus of you are blessed. That's why you got some shit. (laughs) True. Mm Mm-hmm. That's that prosperity religion. Yeah, I don't mess he with that. He is the though. money changer in the temple, you know what I'm saying? And like, you know what I'm saying? People like what he got to say. It's, you know, it doesn't really say anything. That Jesus makes them feel good about it their does. life. That Jesus makes them feel good about their greed and their selfishness and their willingness, you know what I'm saying, to knowingly be exploitative of people, places, and things. Because I prayed for this. And the Lord has blessed me. And if you pray, and as far as I'm the concerned, Lord will bless you as well. Really real about it. That's white Jesus, and they can have him. I think black people have their own prayers that they send up to black that's Jesus for different reasons. Pray to white Jesus, not necessarily for money, but for other things that can be fixed. Like you pray to Jesus, like oh, this ailment. Pray, oh, Uncle Bobby, that we. Sorry. Uncle Johnny that we keep up in the back room who's got like these issues. We're going to pray for him. I know you gave birth and you're a little bit sad, but just pray it away. That's universal Jesus slash, you know what I'm saying? I don't be bothered with universal Jesus either. But the reality, well, I I feel you, you know what I'm saying? But the reality is white Jesus is is, is the Jesus, is the religion, is the Christianity that allows you to be a hypocrite, you know what I'm saying? That evangelical Jesus. Your, right, and feel good about your life. Because clearly, since life is all about choices, them people are where they are because, you know, that's the work of the devil. They may have and they choices. just need to pray harder. This is sin, and they are being punished right. for the choices that they made. And if they were truly children of God, you know what I'm saying? God does then not God let his children them. suffer. God does not put more on you than you can bear. There it is right there. Than my people. Speaking of putting more on you than you can bear, y'all see the way Issa tore up her apartment? <laughs> Interesting <Yeah>. transition. <laughs> Interesting. And you know transition. what I'm going to need season three to be about? I'm going to need season three to be about everybody being in therapy and getting a little bit of help. Hello. A modicum of help. Somebody. Just, just, just the teeniest, tiniest bit of help. Just, just, just a tad. I need everybody to get their coping mechanisms together. Molly stopped going to therapy because the shit started working. Because the lady was saying some shit that was true. Hey, look. If you went went therapy and it's not uncomfortable at any moment, you need to find a new therapist. Because at Uh some point, it's supposed to get uncomfortable. And maybe that's not the first session. Maybe it's not the second session because when you're in there, you're kind of trying you to feel the therapist the trust, out. Build up, yeah. Right. But there's some point when, you know, as a therapist, you see people like, oh, this is uncomfortable. Yep. And if you're not uncomfortable, you're not talking about shit. You ain't saying and shit. And if you don't get homework. If you don't get homework, what are you working on? You can talk to your girlfriends. <laughs> You got your insurance or out of pocket paying so you can sit and chit chat with somebody? Nah, you're supposed to be working on shit. That's what therapy is. But yeah, yeah I'm gonna need uh, I'm gonna need all these. I agree with you. I need all these people to find them a, a good qualified therapist. Yeah, Eat I some. mean, 
Lawrence, Molly, Tiffany, and Derek. They need to go to some couples therapy. They got some real passive-aggressive type shit going on between them. Um, It's comical between them because it seems to at least work for them. But I'm just saying, though, (laughs) nigga, why you... So, Lawrence and Aparna, they're both problematic. Because when he was like, oh, I got this thing to go to. My ex is going to be there. And she's like, oh, well, we can meet after. Or I I can go with you. I think she's She's so casual about messiness. Yes. She's so casual and cool about it that I don't think he realized that, like, nigga, you in that mess because she got you in that mess. You should have went alone. And you should have went alone. He should have gone. No, he should have gone because Derek is his friend. He could have gone and... like, like. Those men have bonded with each other. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's and fair. So that's on fair. some levels, it's like a real housewives of, of Atlanta situation. You know what I'm saying? Y'all don't have to like Apollo. You know what I'm saying? But like them niggas like Apollo. You know what I'm saying? They're gonna put money on his books. They're gonna write to him. They're gonna call him. They you know what I'm saying? Like that's the thing. They're gonna invite his girlfriend. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like right, exactly. When he get out of jail, they're gonna throw him a welcome home party. Y'all ain't got to have no parts of that. You could tell him, don't you film that shit? You know what I'm saying? But the reality is, you can't stop them from being friends now. And so that's how it is with Lawrence. Them men, those men are legit friends. That's with fair. Saying that's a yeah. five years of friendship that they have. He is a part of that friend group. But because he's a part of that friend group through his ex-girlfriend, he, brought he actually needs to be extra respectful yeah. of the situation. Because there's a dynamic ecosystem right there. And this isn't even violated. a woman that he's dating. Not like dating, dating. He hasn't been with a partner. It's not like, oh, this is my established girlfriend. We've been dating. So people know like, oh, Lawrence is bringing a partner. It's just like. She's random. She's, she's a rando. super random. Yeah. And she knew it when she went there. Like, because she made a joke about it, which was well-timed, but still awkward. Well-timed, uh, but unnecessary. Because she should have stayed her ass in her apartment until he was done with this party, whatever it was. I think she had to right. go. I think for and I think from her perspective, she wanted to like scope. She wanted the to eyeball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She wanted to see what it was about. No, she wanted to see Issa. She wanted, to, she wanted to see Issa. She also wanted to see who is this dude. You know what I'm saying? Because like I feel like Lawrence is a fuck nigga. You know what I'm saying? It's hard to get a read on him. So you want to see what his nigga. friends are like because you want to know like what kind of fuck nigga is he? You know what I'm saying? We finally got to get the she, genus she, down and, and his species. Well, she only sees him. And the reality is, you know what I'm saying? You, if you only know somebody from work, you don't actually know them in their actual natural Element. context. Yeah, yeah. Right. You know what I'm saying? So you want to meet their friends, you know what I'm saying? As soon as possible, because that's the easiest way to really see what kind of person they are. Because you know, you know what I'm saying? Maybe what a little bit of their background is, because you know what their resume had to be like to get where they at, you know what I'm saying? In your workplace. But you don't know anything about that person or, or what they are other than what they say. And who we are at work is and not who we are, are in our personal outside time. Outside of workplace, especially people of color. You know what I'm saying? So I think that she wanted to get a read on him, but she also wanted to scope out Issa. And I think that, mm-hmm. like, that's petty because, like, you want to scope out Issa because you know he not over her mm-hmm. and you about to compete. And what I don't understand is stop fucking with these dudes on some serious shit who are not over these women. If y'all want to do anything other than be people who have sex occasionally and like you're in in agreement that like this is not going to escalate, don't do that. Don't do that because there is no competition. He like who he like and he going to go back to who he go back to. 
You know what I'm saying? And like trying to figure out why is dumb because you know what I'm saying? I like peach, you know what I'm saying? But I don't like, you know what I'm saying? Kiwi, you know what I'm saying? And I don't like cooked berries, you know what I'm saying? So like, you know what I'm saying? But you might. But, but, but somebody else does, you know what I'm saying? And finding out why somebody likes strawberry over grape jelly, you know what I'm saying? Is the dumbest shit ever. We like what we like. We don't necessarily know. And nobody should ever ask you, well, why do you like vanilla ice cream? But, but because I fucking do, you know what I'm saying? And so, like, it's dumb as women or men, for that matter. It's dumb as individuals to be competing for anybody's affection because people like what they like for a variety of reasons. Usually it has to do with how fucked up they are, you know what I'm saying? Not how good they are, you know what I'm saying? Or what makes you a great catch, you know what I'm saying? It, is your dysfunction, you know what I'm saying, compatible with theirs? And if it's not, you know what I'm saying, then Move like they never gonna pick you. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because you either not enabling enough or codependent enough, whatever the case may be, you not mm-hmm. that enough. And it's usually you not fucked up enough, you know what, mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So no matter what that person looks like on the outside, People mm-hmm. rarely go for what's actually better. They go for what makes them feel good, mm-hmm. which is usually the more dysfunctional thing. You know what yeah, I'm saying? that's like, real talk. Your, so if somebody mm-hmm. gonna pick you, count your blessings. Mm-hmm. Okay, count your blessings. Hallelujah! Then, you better say a word, K Savage. <laughs> you're right, right. That means that you know what I'm saying. You feel like you lost because mm. you got to go find another source of orgasms and mm. emotional comfort. But you have huh. really won because in the game of who is more fucked up, huh. the one who got picked is the one who's more fucked up. Child. Ain't that it? Choosing season. So I guess that's, that's a good a word. word. Uh, yeah, that was That's good. a word right there, girl. I, I you better I... send me a virtual collection plate. You on PayPal? <laughs> you pay, on Venmo? She, she, she have a pay a bitch. Pay a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> pay a bitch. Yeah. yeah. Pay a bitch. Hey, so uh, I yes. think that's a good way to transition over to Molly because I thought it was interesting that Molly just one episode ago was very judgmental of her mother for the decision that she made, and she's at the same time dealing with this very just strange looking lurch looking motherfucker that just. I don't think that's an open relationship. I don't either. I think that's just some shit he's telling her. And it's just like, that's what makes it even worse. But I don't think she's ever actually able to peep that. And she's just taking his word for it. I don't think she's peeping it because she don't want to. That's possible because she wants to take his word for it because it's convenient. But at the end of the day, but also, how, like, she, if how dare she catch feelings? you have relationship, and correct me if I'm wrong, uh, Kay Savage, but like he's not carrying, he's not just like having sex with her. Because that's what he told her initially. Like, you can't be all Oh, he's selling her people. dreams. Yeah, he's like creating like an affair, having like a whole extra oh, yeah, you, kind of relationship and being like emotion giving her like that emotional or she's thinking that he's giving her that emotional. He's giving support. her emotional dick to lean on so he can get more tap tap. That's but that's all that is. I think it's messy and I can't get a read on what it's gonna be with him, but I have a feeling it's going towards he's not really in an open relationship. Which actually really makes me sad because, you know what I'm saying, as somebody who's not monogamous, I feel like I really want mainstream people not in, like, um, a parody-ish sort of way or a character-ish sort of way to really explore the fact that there are a lot of people who are successful in their non-monogamy and that, like, there are right and wrong ways to do stuff. Even if he is open, what he's doing right now is messy. You know what I'm saying? What he's doing right now is messy because let's say they are actually open. Candace, him, and Molly all should have gone for drinks before they showed up at this event. They should have got that awkward shit out of the way. You know what I'm saying? Just so that they could be on the same page in public and 
You know what I'm saying? It needed to be at that point really light, but they needed to make a date at, you know, to actually talk about what are some deeper issues? What are some what things? What are the boundaries? What's allowed? What's not allowed? Right, yeah. right. What are the boundaries? Because I feel like, you know, if he's saying, to, because they're all friends, mm-hmm. they actually need to be talking. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? If she had just met this guy, you know what I'm saying? And like, he was telling her this one thing. And they didn't necessarily have friends or anything like that in common. It may be a little bit more acceptable for the woman to be like, I'm not interested in meeting that bride. Who do you? You know what I'm saying? And in that case, you just have to trust that he is telling you the truth. But the reality is um, they actually, you know, like if they are open because they are all friends, they need to be talking. Because even if they don't form like an actual, you know, one whole relationship. You know what I'm saying? Where all of the three of them are involved. They all are involved and they know each other and they need mm-hmm. to establish some boundaries. And because her and Candace are actually traveling in the same social circles, they actually need to have certain conversations um, because it's not about how serious he is with either one of them. It's about, OK, so he called you the other night because you were locked out and I felt a way about it. So, you know. Like, what are some things that we can do so that, you know what I'm saying? Like, if that happens again, what are some things that you find acceptable to get that ready? You know what I'm saying? Like, would it be okay if, you know what I'm saying, he sent Postmates over there, you know what I'm saying, with a key for you? Like, 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 is it okay if you come to, like, the hotel and you come and get the key and then you go? Like, they need to figure out, like, what that all is about. But then I think the other thing is, you know, he don't live in the same city. You know, so like it's much easier for him to come up there and, you know, him and Molly be in La La Land. And so they need to talk about like, where is this escalating to? Like he's married to mm-hmm. Kansas. So the presumption is that if he wants to have children, they're probably going to have children together. Molly definitely wants to have children and mortgage with somebody and do all of that stuff. So she needs to figure out, you know what I'm saying? What are you doing? You know what I'm saying? Does he think that you should be able to date other dudes? You know what I'm saying? The same way that, you know what I'm saying? married like how all does this work and but i think even when she asked him that that kind of let me know like you are in a different place because she's like well what if i want to see somebody can i see other people he was like yeah you, you do you it's right but but then he gives them this message because you know what i'm saying you all up on her but then you know what we have learned from rihanna is that you know what i'm saying some niggas are just straight some niggas are just straight <laughs> I just, uh, but there's also another element, and you you raise a lot of good uh, points. But I mean, there's also a basic element of just health and well being in terms of what are the boundaries in terms of protection. You know what I mean? Because if you're in an open relationship, okay, so you know, open relationship where it's your wife and then Molly, or is it you're in a relationship with your wife, Molly, and whatever random broad you just come across? Like, how does that happen? You know what I mean? Because, like, you know, if you're going to be open with a bunch of different women and not necessarily understand or know what their sexual history or, or you know, status is, you know, that is a problem in and of itself. Well, so, I think that brings to light a problem that we were talking about last night, uh, me and my friends, when we were watching the show, which is, like, fine. We understand that, like, you don't have to... Um, like show people putting the condom on or taking it off because it is a comedy and like we don't want none of those jokes because they old. But I need to see condom wrappers around mm-hmm. that joint. We don't need to talk about having safe sex all the time, but we need to have the props 
you know what I'm saying, around that say that we are having safe sex. And so I feel like the issue around safety is really more of an issue that has to do with how the show is portraying whether or not the sex that people are having is safe or not. And again, we do not have to see people putting condoms on or taking them off, but we do need to see evidence of condom use in the show. You know what I'm saying? So because that is something that needs to be advocated. As for what you're saying, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's also a conversation they need to have because, you know what I'm saying? Are you having sex with Molly without condoms? You're probably definitely having sex with your wife without condoms if you're having sex with Molly without condoms. And then so like, what is your, what do you do for other people? You know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. like, everybody needs to have that conversation. And what is Candace doing? Because we, the Candace is another right, exactly. part of the puzzle we which don't is, know about. Which is, again, why everybody needs to be sitting down and having these conversations with each other. I feel like that's just the homework she should have done as a lawyer. And and not only that, but the other reality is even if everybody is in condoms, you know what I'm saying, what everybody also needs to be having is a testing system. But the other reality is is something that married people don't talk about. Married people should be getting tested. Period. End of story. I get tested. Don't care what you think you know what your spouse is doing. You know what I'm saying? Everybody should be getting tested at least once. I get tested. I mean, but that's just something that I do. <laughs> well, thank that's God for not that's, putting that's, the results the on the refrigerator care. anymore. Jokes. I don't put the refri- results on the refrigerator anymore. But no, I mean, that's just something that I've done and continue to do. But it's, it's not like I'm expecting anything to come out of it. But that's some just... Right, but the least, tested, the least tested demographic is actually married white women. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. Well, you know. Because the automatic assumption is that they are in, you know, sound monogamous, you know what I'm saying, relationship. And so they are not. If you they, watch Jerry Springer, you know, that's not the case. They are not offered, nor do they ask for testing at the rate they need to be. Yeah. I mean, well. So, all you white milf hunters out there, where? <laughs> Quick fuck you to Lawrence for your slut shaming. Yeah, he was. Yeah, but he's he's. You know, and I feel you know I feel bad for trying to like cause I I like to try to provide like you know space just where Chris is doing the X unknown with Rex Tillerson. I <laughs> I like to be able to oh, say okay. He was slinging dick to some random bitches that he met at the Seven Eleven. Before the Seven Eleven, no. Wait, before the Seven Eleven, a lot of dick. No, I'm saying, whatever. but this is before the Seven Eleven that I had this. What I made the the comments whatever. that I made. In but defense. right, but right now, what he said to her outside the no, he was he was out of pocket you, for that. You gonna stop that because you done fucked so many randos at this point. Right. You know what I'm saying? And right. you gonna stop because you mad because she might still be fucking the same nigga that she was. You know what I'm saying? Cheated on you with and that she known for forever. So he a repeat, dude. You look stupid. He looked absolutely stupid. Are you dumb? Yeah, I'm every every episode. I think I hate him a little bit more. And then you gonna stalk her page, but block her as a friend on Facebook. You you just you look crazy. Fuck niggas do that shit, man. I I think really what it is is just uh never mind. It's he's, he's a he's, fuck nigga. He's in his feelings. Um and but that's some funny I mean, but the, obviously he's in his feelings. Yeah, you can yeah, tell the I way mean, like he I, I just stopped there. Yeah, yeah, I just stopped there. But I mean he I don't I'm I th- I think though at the end of the day what this show is very good at pointing out and I don't want to belabor this cuz I I was looking to wrap up, but I think what this show is um very good at pointing out is that there's a human condition and I think this is a concept we could take between the show, we could take between our presidential administration which all of which we discussed today. And that is a lot of people have problems with self-accountability. 
And, you know, I, I, I thought it was interesting right before the episode started when they do the, the recap. One of the conversations he had with his boy Derek was like, yeah, east of this, that, and the third. He's like, yeah, this ain't all on east of my dude. He didn't want to hear that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's not. I mean, at the end of the day. Then he was are, like, oh, how you know Tiffany ain't out there? He was like, bro, just, just. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At the, at the end of the day, it comes down to six, seven. I don't know. It, it really comes down to, you know, everybody contributes to a relationship. Even if their contribution is not contributing. And at the end of the day, (laughs) I'm going to say it again, it comes down to, you know, what you bring to a relationship, good and or bad or indifferent. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people don't like to take stock of the things they bring into a relationship. Or don't bring. Or don't bring into a relationship. And if you can't take stock and acknowledge your part in a relationship, you're going to be in the same messed up position Every single time. It might not be the same thing, but we all come across it. Look, look, anybody who wants to make a change, say, oh, my gosh, my relationships are so messed up or this is so bad and I want to do better, blah, 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 blah. That's the point you get tested. There are people who are going to stop smoking weed because they need to stop, stop smoking weed. What happens? Everybody wants to get you smoked out. That's just, that's just what happens. The moment you decide you want to stop doing something, oh, you about to get married and decide I, you want I, about to. I want to stop smoking weed. <laughs> the moment you decide you want to, you know, you want to get serious and be monogamous and be with one person, take that's this when, pussy. That's when it starts falling out take the trees. Like, wait a minute, like stuff you weren't even looking to get just to get thrown at you, like you know, and you don't even got to catch a smith. Just like yo, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what happens. So, it's it, yo, you have to be accountable for your own mess, and a lot of people simply aren't. And this is a good study. Of how people are not accountable. This is the type of stuff that you kind of saw in Seinfeld, but didn't, you know, because Seinfeld was a strict comedy. You know, this is more of a dramedy. Yeah, of a social observation. So it is dramedy. Yeah, there is drama and comedy both. And you know, I thought it was interesting that Issa kind of came to the table. Issa, I'm sorry, Issa came to the table uh, with regard to the the we got you. To tour to um uh, PSAT prep, mm-hmm. you know when she saw the the uh, the Latino kid who needed help, he said, "I wanted to get help, but you know there was no help because they said it was full." And it's like, wait, wait a minute, and she took accountability for that word before she was not taking accountability. So it was, well, yes, and, but but also oh, you got a different angle. Wait a second, I know, right? I had to lay down, <laughs> but because I have to just say, like you know, Frida. You know, for as much as she said when Issa handed her her plan, oh, we on the same page, even when we fight and we still in sync, bitch, you ain't uttered a productive thought word yet. Oh, All you have done is give Issa the side eye. So, like, she ain't had nothing productive to contribute to that aspect of the conversation. And I just don't appreciate, you know what I'm saying, Maxine, Auntie Maxine, Auntie Issa, you know what I'm saying, having to come in and save her ass. Because that's how I felt like it's feeling. Okay. Kelly remains a national treasure. Who's Kelly? Yes. Oh, the, the drunk friend. I love Kelly. Yeah, yeah, she, yes. she, she yeah. She, he, yes. he, he's a keeper. She's yeah, like, she's look funny. at him in his in his leather jacket. This is from the the women's section of H and M, but you don't have to know that. I thought twenty one forever, forever twenty one. One something. of those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the same. Forever twenty one yeah. and H and M, they're the same. Okay, I, I, these things I don't know. I just remember the joke, but I yeah. I was like, I love you, Kelly. They, they do a great job of delivering all that, man. Uh. Yes. Have you seen the actress who plays her? Oh, oh, Natasha Rothwell. She actually had a special on um, Netflix. 
did not uh, know that. Yeah, so it was this special that Netflix put together last year oh, called yeah, yeah, yeah. The, Char- the Characters. Yeah. And she actually had her own 30 minutes. And that shit, like Kelly, Kelly's character is basically an extension of her character off of that special. But I loved how on the, the wind down that they do after Insecure, she said, like, I'm so not Kelly. Like, Kelly gives no fucks, yeah. and I give all the fucks. And so this just kind of yeah. lets me, like, be out there and just, like, you know, kind of live in life. And I love it. Kelly's awesome. I love Kelly. My hero. She is. She's my shero. So um, we're going to do something Insecure doesn't do and wrap this up. Um, <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> True indeed. Thank you all for joining us. Again, shout out to Brazil. Shout out to Brazil. Yeah. Catch us most of the places you find your your podcast. I don't remember that exhaustive list, but go go back to the beginning because Lee gave you all of them. Indeed. I feel like we need a P.O. box because I want postcards. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if you want to pay for P.O. box, that's money. No. I know. Then we go back to our button again that you don't yeah, want to yeah, but yeah. we can no, chat no. about that we'll, offline. Yeah, we'll, we'll make some things happen. Everything is everything is progress. Um what I what I will say is um there is a subscription page if you go to the www.flashblackradio.com website. If you go to subscribe, all the places that you are uh, uh that we are available, you can subscribe to directly from that page. And so we need it cuz it's hot sometimes when we record and we don't always like Get the benefit of the air, so like we need a margarita machine. Mm-hmm. A margarita machine. A dough. Yeah. A business yeah. expense now that we can turn that into a business expense. Yeah, yeah. Yes, we need yes. that. Would just, that's the only <laughs> thing that could justify not having the air conditioner or the fan on. Margarita. Margarita machine. Yeah. So thank you all for joining us once again. We'll be back next week. Um, so yeah, tell your friends in the meantime. Uh, this is T Rich signing off. This is Kay Savage. Have a wonderful week. Happy Labor Day. I don't know if that's a worldwide thing. But Probably not. Know. Yeah. But, yeah. Happy Labor Day anyway. Uh, this is Lee Bennett III, a.k.a. Benji Parks. Thank you so much for listening. We're also signing off for um, Sir Slim of House Heaven. <laughs> Shout out to Slim. <laughs> Yo, man. We appreciate y'all listening to shit, man. Please continue to share. Let people know about us and what we're doing over here. And uh, yeah, also, there is an interview coming up in the very near future that I have with one author, uh, Cerise Murphy. Super awesome, super inspiring interview and got some other treats and treasures. Uh, For example, interviews that I've had with your favorite hostesses, Kay Savage and T. Rich individually to get to know a little bit about them. Those are in the offing as well, as well as Slim. So, uh, yeah, we got some things that are in the works, ladies and gentlemen. So please continue to stay tuned, continue to share, you know, stay blessed, stay woke. Peace. Gowdy out. <laughs>